Praise God. And hello everyone tuned in to our online service. It's so good to be able to connect with all of you here online and uh, do church together and have worship together wherever you are at. It is such a great time to be soaked in the presence of the Lord. Amen. 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 Come on, type in your chat. Just hello one another and, and praise the Lord and just say, you know, it's good to see everyone here online as well. Praise God. This morning... I believe God has a divine download for each and every one of us and um, He's got a word for you and if you are ready for that word, if you are ready for God to work in your heart and in your spirit, I want you to say, I'm ready. Turn to someone if you're watching with someone and say, I'm ready. Or if you can, just type it in the chat and say, I'm ready. Come on, I'm ready to receive the word of God today. Amen. That's right. I'm ready. I'm really ready as well. To, to speak this word because this word has got a very deep thing in my heart, in my spirit as well. And the title of my message is 16.7%. 16.7%. And the, my main text is from Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 to 9. Okay? But before we read the Numbers verses 14, verses 6 to 9, I just want to give us a brief, brief background, all right? So Numbers 13 and Numbers 14 talk about the whole encounter where the Israelites have been traveling for a while now from Egypt and they have escaped the Egyptians and how the Lord helped them open and parted the Red Sea and now they have journeyed and then there was Sinai and all that and now they are right now at the brink of entering the promised land. Okay, at the brink of entering the promised land and now God says, send 12 spies, 12 Pick one leader from every tribe and send them in into that promised land to scout the land, to explore the land. Okay? So we know the story, how 12 spies were sent. 10 came back with a doom and gloom report and 2 came back with a positive report. So now, after a whole night of mourning, after hearing and spreading all the fear amongst the Israelites, this is what happens in Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14 verses 6 to 9, it says here, if you can read it together, let's read it together. It will come out on your screen in just a bit. Let's read this together, Numbers 14, verses 6 to 9. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. How many of you want an exceedingly good land? Amen. I want an exceedingly good land. I want an exceedingly good year ahead, right? And then it goes on to say in verse 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Slip up your hands and just begin to say, yes, God, I'm ready for your word. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, God, that, Lord, you are speaking life and you are speaking hope, oh God. You are speaking faith into each and every one of us. I pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, you begin to anoint this word, that it will go forth and it will touch many lives. It will touch many minds, oh God. It will change many hearts, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, no matter what we are facing, we recognize, oh Lord, you are there and you are going to be with us and you will give us that victory. For we ask and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say... Amen. That's right. Amen and amen. 
So the more I read this particular scripture and the more I meditated upon it, I felt the Lord speak to me and convict my heart. And I felt him, I felt him saying this, Gwen, where are you in this story? And I, I said, God, what, what do you mean where I, you know? And he goes again, Gwen, where are you in this story? Are you really amongst the two or the 16.7% that was sent out that would give good report, that will carry on and hold on to my promises all the way to the end, in spite of having, going through, having to go through the wilderness even, and then after that, more battles ahead before you can actually conquer the land. Are you amongst the 16.7%? And as I continued to meditate, and I felt my heart, and I, and I was so convicted, and I... And I knew the Lord was speaking to me because I too have allowed the spirit of that 10 spies to creep into my life and to creep into my spirit as well many times. And the grumblers, these are the grumblers, the naysayers, the vision vandals, those who vandalize, literally vandalize the vision that God has given to each and every one of us. And then it also made me wonder, What's going to happen to God's people and His church? We're at the brink of 2021. We're at the brink of entering into a brand new year, a brand new season. And the reports and the forecasts hasn't been great either. You read about our reports and our forecasts and our budget setting and all the forecasts of financial year, the forecasts of your business, the forecasts of the world, the world finance, you know, World Bank's forecast. All these forecasts, the... the, the educational forecast, the medical forecast, and observations upon observations of what's going to happen in the days to come. And a lot of things are really not, not that great looking. What's going to happen to the community of faith when they hear all these forecasts and all these observations? What's going to happen to our hearts and to our spirit? They were going on a journey. How are, these, how are the people of God going to respond to a journey that they weren't prepared for? And there's no reference point we are in a day and age where this is, everything is new in that sense and there is no reference point. Where are we going to look to? How are we going to respond in this situation? What does it take to be the 16.7% that would hold on wholly to God's promises and stay on course all the way until we arrive to where God wants us to arrive? Today, as the Lord has spoken to me, may it speak to you as well. On certain things that we must, certain characteristics that we must possess in order that we will be able to remain faithful, just like that 16.7% of them who gave that good report and finally ended up to where God wants them to be. Firstly, there must be a mindset change. There must be a mindset change. Here, 12 spies were sent in, right? 12 spies were sent in. They all saw the land and they saw a similar thing. Okay, everybody saw the same land. Everybody saw the same landscape. Everybody saw the same inhabitants that were all in that land. All 12 of them saw the same things. They came back and 10 of them reported and said that, yes, the land is beautiful, it's exceedingly good, it flows with milk and honey. That's what they said initially. 
That's what they say initially. They say, we even brought back some of the produce of the land. Look, see how abundant it is. And everybody got excited like, wow, you know, it's so amazing. You know, you know and, and, oh, and I can't wait. We can't wait to all go in together. But then, just in that same breath of, of praising that whole place, of believing that that was the, you know, it's how amazing this place was. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. With that same breath, then, and they started saying, but the inhabitants of the land are great. They said this in Numbers chapter 13. They actually declared this, we can't go up against them. These 10 guys said, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there and the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too in Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. And that is such a sad report. You see, there is such a power in your words. Your words can either bring life or it can bring death. The power of declaration is very, very, very important in each and every one of our lives. From one moment, there was such an excitement when everybody was so hopeful that the land that they were going to is flowing with milk and honey and there's so much goodness in this land. The next moment, the whole thing is shifted when the 10 spies declared this and said that we are like grasshoppers. And they think that we are like grasshoppers too. They, they, know, they know that we are powerless against them. With that kind of declaration, how in the world did the 10 spies know all these things? How do they know? Did they talk to the Canaanites? Did they tell the, they ask the Canaanites, hey, how do you feel about the Israelites? Huh? Are you scared of us? Or are you a, uh, uh, do you think that we are very small in your eyes? Did they have a conversation? Why did they even make that kind of assumption? You know why? Well, let me tell you that their assumption was wrong. If you fast forward, after they had disobeyed the Lord, you know that they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. At the end of that 40 years, towards the end, about the 38th year, Moses passes away and Joshua takes over the command of the Israelites. And as he takes over, he sends in two spies. Again, now they're at the brink of entering the promised land for the second time. He sends in spies to spy the land again. And these spies now meet a, a uh, prostitute by the name of Rahab. Okay, go and read Joshua chapter 2. You would tell you, it tells you all that. And Rahab gives the spies this, this report, Rahab is an inhabitant in the promised land. She tells the spies this. Watch here. It says in Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, it says, A great fear has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. When the people heard that what God had done for the Israelites, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. Oh man, if only the spies knew. If only the spies knew 38 years or 40 years ago what was really going on in the minds of the Canaanites. They made an assumption and that assumption caused so much fear to the entire congregation that it paralyzed them. That they didn't even dare take that risk to cry, try and go into the land. They did not even possess the land that they were supposed to. An entire generation had to perish before the new generation came in to, to conquer the land. They 
were terrified of the Canaanites and failed to see that the Canaanites were terrified of them. So many times we make assumptions in our mind. We think, we overthink and we think, and we think, oh no, how are people going to respond? How are people going to say? What do they think of us? And all these assumptions we make that causes us not to dare to move forward. I want to say to you, the inhabitants of the land were actually afraid of the Israelites. It was not the other way around. They didn't think that they were grasshoppers. They knew that they had a God that fought for them. And that was far greater than any giants. But so here are two obvious questions. Why did the ten spies, the ten leaders, look at certain things in one way and the other two saw it so positively? What happened? A Stanford University psychologist, Dr. Carol Dweck, wrote a book entitled Mindset. Get, get that book, you know, it's quite an interesting book. Mindset. And she, she was wondering, you know, she was fascinated at, at the fact that why some people fulfill their full potential while others don't. So her interest actually was aroused as she was observing a group of 10-year-olds and they were playing with puzzles. As she was observing them, she noticed this, that as the, for some of these children, as the puzzles got harder and harder, that the puzzles became beyond them, these children became more excited and they thrived on the challenge. They would fail and then they would try and take it apart and they would do it again. And they would try again and again and again until they got it. And then there was another group that became very anxious as the puzzles became harder. When the puzzles became harder, they were easily discouraged and they gave up. She wanted to understand why. What makes the difference of people who enjoy the challenge, who enjoy being tested, and those who don't? What is the difference? Her research drove her to this conclusion that it was a matter of mindset. Some see their abilities as given and unalterable. That means that's it. You were born with this and that's all you have and that's all you will achieve and that's it. You know, that, that it's limited, it's unalterable. That's all. That's all you have. You are ordinary. You're gifted only in certain ways. There is so much, there's not much you can do about it. She calls this the fixed mindset. Fixed mindset. And the people with fixed mindset, she goes on to elaborate, always tries to avoid difficult challenges because they fear failure. They're so afraid to fail that they will avoid even trying. So that's why some of these children will look at the puzzle and they know it's so difficult, they will say, never mind, I can't do it. They won't even try, they won't even attempt. They were reluctant to take risks. They had constant fear of failure. Constant fear that others, you know, are greater than them and, and they cannot fail in, in front of the eyes of other people. So they, they had constant fear of failure. Preferred things and they thrived when things were within their grasp. Things were within their control. That's where they thrived. These are the people they, she called had fixed mindset. Then she had a conclusion. The people with growth mindset... People with growth mindset saw things very differently. She noticed that those with growth mindset, they thrived on challenge. 
something that was great that would happen to them, the bigger the challenge, the more they will stretch. The bigger the challenge, the more they will stretch. They do not fear failure. In fact, when they fail, they don't define, they, they don't define it as failure, but they define it as a learning experience. They know that if they fail, they will try again until they succeed. It's a growth mindset. They had courage to take risks. They had courage to take risks. This was in her finding in her book called Mindset. Let me give you an example of a growth mindset. So, 11-11, the 11-11 was just last week, right? Although no, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, 11-11 sales was on. I don't know how many of you bought things online and, or, or went shopping, right, on 11-11 and got some great, great deals. Well, I, I, was, I went online as well and I bought some things. And one of the things that I bought was a very, very, very affordable smartphone, okay, a, a very affordable mobile phone, smartphone. And I bought that not for myself, but I bought it for my mother. So I, she, she's using a normal phone, those, those old phones, yeah, without, without the smart, it's no, not, no Wi-Fi, no nothing, one, you know, can just make phone calls and receive some SMSs and that's it. So, but I thought to myself, you know, in this day and age, she needs to have a smartphone because, you know, everywhere you go, you need to scan my Sajatra. I don't want her to be touching pens, you know, and writing down her name and all that, right? So, she needs to scan my Sajatra. She needs to, when she goes to the hospital, she needs to show the visa. I can't be, I can't be just accompanying her all the time, you know, I have to park and then accompany her and then show the visa. At least I can drop her off at the gate, at the front door and she can show and she can enter first, Right? So I thought to myself, okay, maybe we just try. We'll just try and get her a smartphone. Okay, bear in mind, my mother is 82 years old. She cannot read and write English. Okay? She, is a, uh, she can read some Chinese and uh, she understands Chinese and we speak Chinese at home as well. So here we are, I'm having this smartphone. I'm thinking to myself, when it arrived, it arrived very quickly, although it was on the sale, right? It arrived quickly and then I thought to myself... Oh, why do I do this? Why do, you, why do you go through this? Why did you even get the phone? Why? You know, she's going to complain. She's going to make... She's not going to be very happy because I'm going to have to try and make her learn all these things, right? She's going to be uncomfortable. She's 82 years old. Why are you doing this? You know? Are you, why, is it for my... Own? All these things were going on in my mind and I had prepared myself. I told myself, you better be prepared. She's going to be very negative about it and she's going to complain and probably scold you for buying it. I was prepared for it. So, I waited for the SIM card to change and all that, the change, you know, all these things going on. And I, I put, I was a bit clever, okay? So, on the wallpaper, I put a picture of her and her grandchildren on the wallpaper, as the wallpaper for her phone, right? So, two days ago, I braced myself and I said, okay, mom, here, this is your new phone. I was closing my eyes and I'm thinking to myself, okay, get ready. Get ready for the firing. Get ready for the complaints. But it never came. My mother took the phone. She switched it on. We taught her how to, to unlock and all that, right? And she saw the picture of herself and her grandchildren and she was totally delighted. And she was like, oh, this one taken Chinese New Year this year. I'm like, okay, good job, Gwen. You know, you did a good job. So clever, you. All right. So there was the first step. No complaints. She was very happy. We started teaching her how to use the phone, how to click on what, you know, and this is WhatsApp, or she doesn't know all the terms, right? Just show her icon. Uh, this green one, okay, you press this one, and then all the contacts are here. And she's, she had problems even scrolling because she's not used to 
scrolling a screen. She's always just pressing buttons, right? So when she presses on this screen, she's like, tak, 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 like, there's no buttons there, you know? So she's learning how to be gentle with the screen. All those things. And, it, you know, so we, we taught her a few things. We taught her, you know, you can watch even your, your sermons here. That This is the red colour button with the play button, right? And this is where you can see all your past sermons, all, you know, in the Chinese church, you know, all that. So, that was it. We taught her and she didn't complain and she tried. She got very excited when she had a video call from her, from her grandchildren overseas, you know, from her daughter overseas. So, it was like, wow, you know, so exciting. And she, she was really enjoying the phone. And I, it totally surprised me absolutely surprised me on how an 82-year-old who doesn't read and write English was actually willing to learn and have a growth mindset and was not intimidated by technology or the difficult part of how to use this brand new phone. She totally, totally shocked me, really shocked me. And yesterday, as I was preparing this sermon and uh, was reading through and suddenly out of blue, she was sitting at the dining table and I heard Pastor James' voice. I'm thinking to myself, what is Pastor James doing in my house downstairs, you know? And so I peered over, and there she was alone on the dining, at the dining area with the phone watching, and she was actually on YouTube watching the previous sermons from Pastor James in our, from our Chinese church. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody helped her. No one in the house helped her click anything. She somehow click, 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 click. I don't know what she did, but she went on it and she, she managed to watch a sermon and she was enjoying it at the dining table. And it totally blew my mind. And I told myself, I said, that is growth mindset. And many of you have had a growth mindset even throughout this entire year. A lot of things have come to you unprecedented and you've had to learn to change. You've had to learn to adapt. You have to learn to, to alter certain things so that you will be able to keep up. And I'm just, I want to commend all of you who, are, who have been in our evergreen. I know you've gone onto Zoom and you've, gone, you've started learning how to use all these technologies just to stay communicated and stay connected with the people around you, with the cell, with your family members. I commend you for that because even if no matter how old we are in age, we must continue to have a growth mindset. A mindset that is ready to take on challenges, a mindset that is ready to change, a mindset that is ready to adapt. Because what we are facing ahead of us, no one, there's no reference point. You need to learn how to innovate along the way. And this is what happened with these guys here. If we bring this back to our story here in Numbers chapter 14, 13 and 14, we have the 10 spies and the 2 spies the ten and two leaders. The ten of them were leaders with, with, uh, uh, and people who were likened to have that fixed mindset. They didn't dare to take the risk. They didn't dare to, to go on any further because of all the things that they saw and the fear that overcame them. The moment they saw a challenge that was greater than them, giants so big, they said, okay, that's it. This is as far as we go. And started grumbling and say, Ayo, we should have died in Egypt instead. You know, why did we come out here to die? Why did God bring us out here to die in the wilderness? You know, why? 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 And they started moaning and groaning and becoming so demoralized. Negativity never goes down alone, friends. What the, the words say? They spread this, this word, this fear amongst the Israelites. Neg negativity never goes down alone. Negative people will always bring others with them. They will always rally others to come along with them to believe what they want to say. 
So you have a whole group of people now with that fixed mindset that they cannot, they cannot achieve, they cannot overcome this land. But there were the two. The two of them who would take that risk, who were unafraid of the trials of conquering the land. They had a growth mindset. And if this analysis is correct of how some people have a fixed mindset and some people have a growth mindset, the story of the spies holds a very significant message for you and for me. And I don't want you to miss this. Pay attention right now. God does not ask us never to fail. God does not ask us never to fail. He only wants us to do our best. Someone needs to hear this. God does not ever ask us not to fail. If you fail, if you falter, get up again. He's there. He will help you through. He's not saying, don't try, don't try. Oh, when you're scared of something, don't try, don't even try. He's trying to tell us, it's okay. Get up and try again. There must be a mindset change and a mindset, a growth mindset that is a, allowing God to do the exceedingly abundantly far above we can think or ask or imagine in and through your life. If you have a fixed mindset, God cannot work through that kind of mindset to show you how amazing and how powerful and how miraculous He is. Because miracles always happen out of the super, out of the natural. It is supernatural. If you are always thinking of how defining things in the natural alone, you will never experience what God has for you in the supernatural, which is in a mind of the growth, of growth mindset. Parents, teach your children to have growth mindset. Teach them to be able to, to try new things, to learn from their mistakes. It's okay. Pick them up if they fall. Students, whatever age group you are at, whether you are an MBA student doing a PhD or if you are in standard one primary school all the way up, whatever, all students out there, your results are very important. But it's not the only measure of success in your life. You're having a hard time to cope. If you're having a reach out to someone, talk to someone. It's okay. If there is, you falter along the way, try again. Try again. Get up. Try again. It's not the end of the world. You can try again. And that's what God wants each and every one of us to experience in our lives. A growth mindset. Come on, everyone there, just begin to say, God, I want a growth mindset. I want a growth. I, I, God, I want a growth mindset. I don't want to be fixed. I don't want to be just so just sheltered and say that this is it. This is what I, I have, my abilities, and that's all I have to do. Anything more than that, I just, no, I don't even want to try because I'm so scared I will fail. No, God, in the days to come, I want that growth mindset. Growth mindset. Secondly, there is a call for courage. A call for courage. What do I mean here? The word courage in the Hebrew is the word ametz. 
a metz, which means to be stout, to be stout, to be strong, to be bold, to be, to be alert. That's what courage is defined in the Bible. Have you ever noticed that many things around us are collapsible now, nowadays? Many things are collapsible. You have collapsible high chairs. You have collapsible, um, collapsible phones, you know, those fold phones, right? You have collapsible laptops, you know, all your laptops, you can fold it. You have a collapsible camping equipment, everything that was, you know, it can, something can open to be such a big tent, but it's collapsible and you can keep it in storage in such a small little package. We even have a collapsible economy. Now, there's something very unique about things that are collapsible. When something is collapsible, you can, it, you can choose to keep it away, collapse it and keep it away until it is used at a more convenient time, right? That's what, why it's, when it's convenient, you collapse it, and it's inconvenient, sorry, you collapse it, and then when, it's, when you want to use it, you, you open it up. Okay, that's how unique this collapsible idea is. But something more profound than collapsible high chairs and collapsible laptops, even a collapsible economy, is a collapsible faith, a courage, excuse me. A collapsible courage. Collapsible courage. We have a choice to either be courageous and stand up for what we believe, or we can collapse when we are under pressure. Mm. Courage is acting on the premise that there is something more important than fear. It is not the absence of fear. Friends, listen to me. Courage is acting on the premise that there is something more important than fear. It is not in the absence of fear. A courage that honours God is not in the absence of fear. In fact, rather, it requires fear. Because if you're not afraid of, that, of, of, of a certain situation or a certain, or a certain task, then there is no need for courage. If you're not afraid of it, there is no need for courage. But it's because you are afraid there is some fear in you, you need the courage to still be able to act upon it in spite of the fear. Biblical courage is directed upon obeying the Lord, who is more important than fear. In our daily lives, in spite of temporal things, situations, and the people that bring natural fearfulness. So, biblical fear is directed into obeying the Lord and His Word more than being overcome by the fear in our lives. Faith and courage go hand in hand together, they are linked very closely together. They're direct link. If your faith is strong, then you will be strong and courageous. But if your faith is weak, we will lack courage. We, we will lack the courage we need to stand strong as the people of God. The 10 spies had their courage collapsing. When they saw the giants, when they saw how fortified the cities were, their courage collapsed. But the two of them the ten of them saw external, while the two of them saw eternal. Now, the opposite of courage is discouragement. Discouragement literally means this, a state of having lost, losing, losing your confidence or an enthusiasm for something. Being discouraged is a state where a person has lost his confidence or enthusiasm to do something. 
Many times, let me say this to you, many times delays and detours in our life to get to where we want to be, to get to where we had planned to go to, can cause discouragement. If we are not careful, we can look at these detours and these delays from the eyes of the enemy. And the enemy is going to keep you discouraged. He's going to keep you discouraged in a way to say that you are never going to arrive to where you wanted to, to be. You'll never get to that position that you want to be. You will never achieve the, the, the ambition that you wanted to to achieve. Your kids are going to grow up in a terrible and horrible world. Will, it will never be the same again. You will never see the light of day at the end of this tunnel. There's no end to this tunnel. Put your plans on hold. But what if I told you God has a different plan for your detours and your delays in your life? The last time I keyed in a destination on my Google Maps or on my ways, and if I were to come to a roadblock or if there was a construction that was happening and they had to detour me to another route, the last time I checked, my wheels were still going forward. The direction was still asking me to go forward. Never once has the GPS ever told me this. Reverse 20 kilometers and make a three-point turn. Never once. Never once has my GPS asked me to drive backwards. It is always asking me to drive forward. There is something that is moving ahead in spite of the detours, in spite of the delays, there is still, you are still moving forward. You are moving forward with progression. You are moving forward with growth. You are moving forward in the purposes of God that God wants you to learn along this lesson of life. It's always moving forward. I'm here to tell somebody that don't you dare quit. Don't you dare slack. Don't you dare give up and be shaken in your, in your faith and shrink back. Because discouragement is a very nasty thing. Discouragement can cause us and lead us into a place that you, you and I don't want to be. Discouragement can take, away, take you away from dreaming and leave you wanting. Discouragement can lead you to depression and wondering why in the world were you here in the first place. And I silence all the voices of discouragement in your life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. How you, in, how you handle discouragement today is going to determine where you are going to get to at the end of this season. No wonder 40 years down the road, after they had finished rounding off the, in, in the wilderness and those people who needed to perish, perish, and now the new generation is ready to enter the land and Joshua is now in command. No wonder in Joshua chapter 1, just before they go in to possess the land, the Lord speaks to Joshua and tells him this three times in chapter 1 itself. Be bold and courageous. Be bold and and very courageous, verse 7. Be bold and courageous, verse 9. Verse 6, verse 7, verse 9. Three times the Lord repeated this to Joshua to say, be bold and courageous because courage can shrink. Courage can, you can feel yourself collapsing in courage when you see the situations around you, when you've gone through the wilderness and journey and you're going round and round and round and sometimes you don't think that anything is going to happen now and those moments where you think, God, are we ever going to get there and God tells you, be bold and very courageous.
I don't know what you're going through today. But someone needs to hear this. That the challenges ahead of you, they may be great, they may be, the giants may be huge. But the Lord your God says to you, be bold and courageous. Do not fear or be dismayed, for I am with you. I will go with you. Courage. Courage in spite of the fears around you. You're putting your faith in a God that has never failed you yet. And He's never going to fail you. Why would He fail you now? Why would a God fail you now? Why would God fail you in 2020? Why would God fail you in 2021? Why would God fail you all the way up to the end until you and I finish our race? He's a faithful God who will see us through all the way to the end. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Be bold and courageous. Thirdly, we don't just need a mindset change. We don't just need a growth mindset. We don't need. We don't, We just. We also need that courage, to, a call for courage to act on the faith that we have in the Lord. We also need an assured heart. You need an assured heart. It is very interesting to note Numbers chapter thirteen. If you flip back in your Bible and you look at Numbers chapter thirteen. It states that the Lord said to Moses, said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan and the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, the Lord asked Moses to send the men, to send men, 12 men to go and explore the land. Send them there and let them see the land that I have given them. I want us I want us to see how, how strange this scenario is. They have been traveling, right? They have gone through so much. The Passover while they were in Egypt and they escaped Egypt and then they came to the Red Sea and God parted the Red Sea and then they walked on and then they had no food and then they, they wanted the quail and the manna came from heaven and there was a pillar of fire by, 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 day, by night and, you know, and a cloud over them and they have seen all these things and they've traveled so long and hard and they're so tired now and now they're 11 days away from the promised land from the south side of the promised land 11 days Bible scholars tell us now that we've discovered they were only 11 days away from the promised land 11 days after all that they have gone through for, for some years now they are right there at the brink of the promised land. God calls a half time. Send 12 spies to go and check out the land that I have given to the Israelites. I want us to pause for a moment here. I want you to think about this. Who do you think this exploration or this expedition was for? Who do you think this report was for? I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it. Who do you think this exploration was for? Was it for God or was it for the Israelites? Yeah, think about it. 
Was God really waiting for the reports of the 12 spies? Did God really need to know what the Israelites were heading into? Do you not think God already knew who the inhabitants were in the land? Do you not think God already knew that there were giants in the land? Do you not think that God already knew that there were fortified cities that were strong, that could not be broken by in the natural? Do you think God didn't know all these things? That He had to send 12 spies, go and check out the land and tell me how it is, so that I will know how to take care of you all. Do you actually think that God needed the report of the spies before they entered the land? This God we are serving is omniscient. The word means all-knowing. He is all-knowing. He already knows what the Israelites are going to walk into. He already knows what is in the land and what is, what is going on in, 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 in the land, in the Canaan land. He already knows the enemies that are there, how many of them and how strong they are. He knows all that. But then, friends, let me tell you this. God, time and time, allows His people to go through seasons of tests in trial to see if they know who their anchor is. He knows He is the anchor. But do you know who is your anchor? God knows that He is the one who is going to be your pillar through it all. But do you know who is your pillar? He wanted to test their faith and allegiance again. He wanted, let me say this to you. He puts this test out there not to disqualify people. He wants every single one of them to enter the promised land. That was his initial plan. He never intended for anyone to perish in the wilderness. That's why he saved everybody. He didn't choose, okay, I only want those, you know, this group of people, this group, because I know this group of people, they are not going to be faithful. I only want this group, okay, just bring this group out from Egypt. He could have done that. But he took everyone. He took every single one of them out together because he wanted every single one of these Israelites to inherit the land. He did not want any of them to perish. But time and time again, he puts tests and trials in the eyes, in, in, in the life of the, of the Israelites to test their allegiance over and over because he wanted to know if they can be entrusted with the vision that he has given to them and if they will be a standing testimony for him. Today, the reports of how things are are so uncertain for the future and how unstable our livelihood is going to be. Don't you think God already knows? When you read about all these reports and all these things that right, right now, the forecast and all these things that we read about the future and the days to come and how changes are going to happen, do you not think God already knows? He already knows just as he knew he, all this pandemic and all these things that are happening did not, that's not surprise God. It didn't like, oh man, oh man, you know, COVID-19 struck planet Earth. Okay, okay, okay. I, I think I've got the launch plan B now. You know, looking at all the forecasts and all the things that are going on, I've got the launch plan B on, on planet Earth. 
God already knew this was going to happen. God already knew all that is going to happen. He already knew that there were giants in the land. He, he already knew, He already knows that there are things ahead of us that are so great and so overwhelming, that are so fortified, that are so difficult for us to break through. He already knows all that. Whatever that you and I are reading over the news or whatever that anyone tells us, it doesn't surprise Him. It may surprise us. But I want you to be assured of this. As I'm preaching this message, I'm reassured that my God is going to be with me that my God already knows what I need to step into my future. That my God, no matter how big the giants are ahead of me, God is going to help me in the days to come. I believe no matter how tall the mountain that needs to be scaled, God is already giving me, He will, he will equip me with the right tools and the strength enough to carry on and to go all the way to where He wants me to be. The Israelites, 40 years later, when they came to the brink of going into the promised land again, the landscape didn't change. The cities were still fortified. The things, the walls were still there. The enemies were still there. Nothing changed. But what happened? They managed to conquer the land and they managed to take over and possess the place where God had intended them to be. Why? Nothing else changed, but they believed in a God that was greater than their challenges. And I'm reassured in my heart and in my spirit, God is already there in your future. He is already there in your future. He already knows the steps that you need to take. He already knows what He has planned for you. He already knows how you can live it through, even no matter how difficult the days may be, because God is already in your future. I know this for a fact. Over and over again, God has reminded me. In fact, it's not a coincidence that I was scheduled to preach today. Five years ago, I was in a very confused season in my life. I was in a very fearful season in my life. I lost confidence. I've lost a lot of things. And I was very shaken in my faith in many ways. And I was there, I was at the brink of that year, at the end of 2015, wondering what God, what shall I do? Because everything is so uncertain. So many changes are going to take place. I don't know how, where to start. What, what do I do? Do I carry on? Do I not? And on the very same date as today, 22nd of November in 2015, exactly the same date, five years ago on a Sunday, the Lord spoke to me through a friend. And I was reminded of God's faithfulness and God's goodness and God's call in my life. And I was encouraged to carry on because God knows what He's going, what He's doing in my life. Five years later, I'm standing here. Never would I have thought that I would stand here and be able to deliver God's Word to you as an encouragement to someone today. This could be your defining moment. This could be your moment where you would say, probably you are just so afraid at this point of time. And I want to assure you, God is already in your future. In this last five years, it has been an experience that I never thought and I never imagined could happen to me. I've gone to places that I could only dreamed of. I've done things that I could only imagine. 
I've met people, new people, new friends. I've encountered things that I have never in my all my, my life, just within this short five years, when I was so afraid to step in in 2015. Now in 2020, I am where I am because the Lord, my God, is with me. Be assured, the reports you hear, don't be afraid. God already knows. He already knows it ahead of time. He sent the 12 spies in not to get a report for himself, but as a test of our faith. What if all we're going through is just a testing of our faith? How many of us will still be found on course even though you're seemingly wandering in the wilderness? How many of us will get to the end of this season without grumbling, without murmuring, without derailing from what God wants us to learn from this? I want to end by saying this. Many of us could be very frustrated by the end of this year a bit lost perhaps because the things that we hoped for didn't come to pass some of you wanted to get married this year but plans were shifted and that can be frustrating as well I want to say this to you and I declare this to you just because your plan has failed doesn't mean God's plan has failed just because your plans have failed it doesn't mean God's plan has failed God is still doing a deeper work in each and every one of our lives this season we're going through it seems so hard yeah I get that but he's got you he knows exactly what you need to go through the next season get to where He wants you to be. Have a growth mindset. Have a growth mindset to say, God, help me. Help me not to box you in and to box myself in. Help me have a courage that will stand through no matter how scary or how enormous the challenge is ahead for me family and my company, my career. God, help me to have courage to stand and give me an assurance that God, you are already in my future. You are already there. I pray that the community of faith will not be affected by all that has gone it won't be just 16.7% that will make it. I pray that all 100% of us, every single one of the community of faith, will keep on having faith and keep on holding on to His promises and His ways and have that courage to stand firm, 
courage morally, courage ethically in all our dealings, courage in our spiritual life to hold on to Him even when it doesn't make sense. And an assurance that God is going with us. And He will. The plans of God has not failed because His plans is still for victory for His people. And victory is yours to behold. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to sing this song together. I want you to allow the work of the Holy Spirit to do a deeper thing in your heart and in your life, in your spirit right now. I don't know what you are going through, I don't know what you are facing, but we are all here together going through an unprecedented time with no reference point for the days ahead. But God has not failed us yet and He will never fail us. He will carry on within each and every one of our lives to fulfill what He wants to fulfill in yours and in my life. Let's worship the Lord with this song.
Wherever you're here right now, let the sound of my voice begin to lift your hands, begin to lift your voices to the Lord. Oh, I silence all fears. I silence all discouragement right now in the mighty name of Jesus. They shall not overwhelm you. They shall not overcome you. But you shall be overcome by the very presence of the Lord right now. In your space, wherever you're watching, wherever you're tuning in right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come afresh on your people right now. Lord, let faith arise. Let there be a growth mindset, oh God. Not a limited mindset because you are a limitless God. A God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above what we can ask, think, or imagine in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare that over your people right now that God, they will not be limited by what they can see or feel or understand. But God, you will wow them. You will surprise them. You will give them strategies that are beyond their understanding and beyond what they knew how to do things in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, every single one of us, oh Lord, I pray. Father, let courage arise. Let courage arise in our heart, in our spirit right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, there may be fears, that we may be afraid of what is ahead, and that's okay. That's okay because God, that's where we need courage. We need courage to come into our lives, to overcome all these things, and in spite of the uncertainties, in spite of the fears, we will still be daring to step forward. Not moving backward, not thinking of the days in Egypt, but God's moving even if it's little steps, oh God, we're still moving forward for you. Courage, oh God. Courage, only boldness and courage to come upon your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, in assurance in our heart, Lord, you're already there in our future. You already know how 2021 is going to play out. You already know, Father, the days, the months, and the years ahead are going to play out in our lives. You already know it. You don't need another report to tell you that. Help us to believe in your word that is constant and will never change, no matter what the season is. We thank you, O oh God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that God, we have put a God that has never failed us never fail us, even in the days to come. We give you all the praise, Lord, we surrender our lives to you once again. Every plan, every thought, oh God, that we have, oh God, direct it. Man can plan, but you direct our path. You direct our course, oh God, and we will follow you. We thank you, we give you the praise, and we give you the honor, and we give you the glory, for we ask and we declare all this today in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people, all 100% of God's people say, Amen, and Amen, and Amen, Amen. For those of you who need prayer, you need personal prayer, head on to our online church platform. There are people there, there are pastors and ministers there who are ready to pray with you have a specific need in your life and if you want to give your life to a savior a god that can continue to direct you every step of the way you can also respond to someone and someone will pray for you to help you invite jesus into your life and begin this journey with him a god that will never fail you a 
God that will never leave you, a God that will never forsake you. God bless you. Continue to be strong, be bold, and courageous for Him.